You're listening to the Coach T Podcast, hosted by my dad. Welcome to episode 7 of the Coach T Podcast. I'm here with head coach of Bay City John Glenn, Mr. Matt Bishop. Uh, this year, after two years as a head coach, uh, John Glenn has seen a resurgence. First year, they won the counties. And then this year, they won the districts and were in the regional final as a team. And the last two years, they've produced two state placers. And this year, I believe you had six state qualifiers? Um, we had seven state qualifiers. Seven state qualifiers. Um, yeah, unfortunately, three were only allowed to wrestle. Uh-huh. But still quite a feat to get half your lineup into the into uh, the individual state finals. Yeah, it was a it was it was certainly exciting. I, I think it's I think um, someone told me that it was the it's the most we've ever had at John Glenn. So that's kind of fun. Uh huh. Well, Matt, tell me a little bit about your background in wrestling from uh, from your youth to high school and college. And uh, then we can go into your coaching. Well, um I've been doing the sport quite a while. I started um, uh, when I was four. My dad uh, was one of the coaches for the Bay County Club and um, uh, with Charlie Beaver and Gary Ross. And and so he ended up um, kind of just bringing me along to practice. It was part of, you know, what he was, you know, he wasn't going to get a baby. He just brought me along. So. I was around the sport at a at quite an early age, and then, um, I, you know, wrestling's hard, so I didn't love it early on. And then, um, one season played hockey, uh, and I think my first season ever competing, I was seven years old, and so um, won some matches, and um, and then continued through the sport just. Uh, so as youth, you know, wrestled, there was only one, when I started, there was smag, which was like Southern Michigan, something or other grapplers association. So that was in the Detroit area and it was all freestyle. And then, um, and then it became MMWA and that was kind of the only league in Michigan. So I wrestled MMWA my whole youth. And then when, after States concluded, usually in and around the end of February, early March, we would go into freestyle freestyle through you know may and june um and so so yeah i did that my whole life until i got into high school my dad was my coach growing up um and then when i got into high school i went to john glenn it was sort of a weird time too because we had the the big kind of youth program was was pretty successful we had a lot of guys coming through um and and it primarily fed bay city western and so um all those guys were all my friends. Those, the guys, you know, that, that ended up at Western, those were all the people I spent, you know, my childhood with, you know, overnight sleepovers. And, um, and these are, you know, the guys we went hunting with our families and, um, or family vacations with. And so those were, those were the guys I wanted to be around. And that was my, those were my close friends. And in eighth grade, I tried to go to Bay city Western, um, because that's where my friends were. And, um, at the time it, it, Bay County was not school of choice. So I wasn't allowed to go to Western, um, and was forced to stay at John Glenn and don't get me wrong. I mean, I had friends at John Glenn, but it wasn't like, 
the guys, I mean, I played youth football out in Western. I played, I wrestled obviously at Bay County and, um, and those were just my, they were my buddies. And so at Glenn, we didn't, um, a strong program, um, guys, um, starting lineup about maybe about 12 to 15 guys on the roster. Um, but because of weight classes, I mean, we were just limited. And so by the time I was a senior, we had, um, I think we had five regional qualifiers and three state qualifiers, two state champs, my senior year. Um, so that something, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Isaiah, I just, um, I look at, you know, Bay County and what, what, um, how long it's been around and the legacy of, of the amount of kids that have come through and, um, and those guys, you know, so. Oh, I guess yeah, no, it, talking about college too, right? Uh huh. Well, before you go into that, it's interesting that you mentioned about how like um, Bay County Roadrunners and it's kind of it's a legacy per se, and how many like hammers that's produced over the forty plus years it's been around, and how you know one of the things we talk about with counties, for example, which is the annual tournament. Obviously, it didn't happen this year because of COVID, but the majority of the wrestlers on the five schools all come from Bay County Roadrunners. So oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The, so every 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 year on the Bay County Roadrunner Facebook page, there's always like a, a plug about those kids and how well they did. And and you could see it. It's more of a uh, like a family reunion, so to speak, because many of them had spent considerable amount of time together in that youth program before going to high school. So it's, it's interesting you mentioned that, that even though you went to Glenn, uh, the majority of your like wrestling friends were from Western, but you still probably all still hung out and competed and worked out with each other, trying to make these national teams and the at the high school level. So it's just I think it's a very interesting uh, way how it all comes comes about comes full circle like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, so you we were we grew up in the age when obviously there's no internet and you know and um, and no cell phones and I, I, I vividly remember coming home from high school and uh like a high school event and hanging out in the coach's office and um calling uh you know dustin shahaki who was at western mm-hmm. and waiting for him to get home from his event because he was at you know he was wrestling somewhere else and calling his home phone and he would his you know his parents would answer and say yeah he'll be home in a little bit and i would just drive over there <laughs> and then we'd work out in his basement right yeah, I mean, you know, that was what we changed. I mean, you know, so, um, but, you know, it's wild. The the Roadrunners has had quite a legacy. Uh, well, it wasn't Roadrunners, right? I mean, when did that change? So mm-hmm. I think it must have been in the late 80s, early 90s when Essexville Sharks split off. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the, it was actually the Bay County Warriors. Um, and then, you know, prior to that, I think when I first started, um, Clarence Pease was still running practice. Right. Um, you know, Zach Pease was still around and the Rex Steiners, Gary Rex Steiner and Joe LaFromboys, they were still wrestling. Like I can remember going, my dad taking me to the state tournament when I was at city and watching those guys wrestle and, and win state titles. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Roadrunners has the big kind of youth program itself has evolved and um 
outperforms over the years. But yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's the program that feeds all the high schools in the area. So, and it was, it was a uh, youth has a, it has a significant impact on, on my wrestling experience. And um, so, yeah. All right. Um, So talk about, so after high school, so you, you were a pretty outstanding high school wrestler, I believe a three-time state placer and ended up being a state champion as a senior. Yeah, I actually, um, I actually placed all four years. So I played okay. as a freshman, sophomore, junior, and then, you know, I was a two-time finalist, made the finals my, my senior, my junior year and my senior year. So my apologies. <laughs> <laughs> You're so dang modest, Matt, you know, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> so, um, four times state placer, you end up going to college. Where, where did you end up going to compete at the collegiate level? So I uh, started at Michigan state and, um, and, was um became academically ineligible and ended up leaving michigan state um so i was there for almost two years um and uh took some time off went back and um got my grades back up at a community college and transferred to grand valley and then um and and ultimately graduated from grand valley but um while i was there uh dave mills and tom kreps were starting the wrestling program and Dave Mills um, tracked me down um, through, I'm not entirely certain, but I believe through Dave Dean, who is my mm-hmm. former coach at Michigan State. Right. And um, Dave kind of talked me into coming out for wrestling. And at that point, I was sort of, sort of past competing. I wasn't, my head wasn't where it needed to be to be able to get weight off and train. And, um, but, Dave, if you know Dave Mills, he's pretty persistent and um, really, wouldn't <laughs> oh, yeah. no, really wouldn't take no for an answer and just, you know, um, regularly tracked me down. And and um, and so so I joined the wrestling team um, that year. I believe it was 2000. So that was their first year. And um, and that first year we traveled all over and wrestled everywhere. I mean, we wrestled in, you know, um, Cliff Keen Arena. We wrestled in um, Breslin, or not Breslin. Um, um, oh, Jenison. Yeah, Jenison Fieldhouse. Yeah. Um, they took a team to Iowa. Um, yeah, I mean, we wrestled all over the place, and 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 typically would wrestle mixed lineups. I mean, we wrestled Olivet that year as well. Um, so, yeah, it was, and and so I ended up wrestling there at 165 um and just wrestled one year hurt my knee the following year and just said i'm i'm good i've Mm -hmm. had my fill so okay um so you 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 get done competing in college and then you transition into the education realm so what made you want to become a teacher at first well so um after i graduated college i took a job i had been working for um actually for three years in college i worked for red bull energy drink so um yeah so which was kind of you know like you've probably seen the the um the truck with a red bull you know can on the back the whole you know over the years it's been around so that's i did these events through my college um years and um when i graduated um there was a position for sales rep for red bull 
um, in Kent County in Grand Rapids. And so um, it just made sense for me to take a job as a stepping stone and, you know, offered me insurance and yada, yada. So anyway, I took the job and then um, found another sales job for uh, another couple of years and was living in West Michigan. And um, I just felt like I was missing out on something. Um, it just felt like something was missing and it was wrestling, I think. Um, and so I ended up talking to my parents and saying, Hey, I'm thinking about going to get my certificate. And um, they sort of endorsed that plan. And um, so I moved back to Bay city and uh, started coaching. I actually coached at John Glenn for us uh, a minute and, um, and then, and went back to Saginaw Valley and got my teacher certificate. So I student taught the following year at New Lothrop with Jeff Campbell, who, mm-hmm. who also is a Bay County uh, alum and mm-hmm. um, a close friend, a guy I grew up with. And then, um, and then t- took my first teaching job in Redford, who um, did not have a wrestling program. And then um, Dave Beasley put me in contact with the uh, Lakeland High School athletic director. And so they offered me a coaching job. So I was teaching in Redford and coaching at Lakeland High School, uh, which was a part of the KLAA. So, mm-hmm. and I, I, I coached there. I was the head coach there for three years. And then, um, and then had started the wrestling program you know, the Redford Thurston had quite a, um, uh, a, a pretty storied, uh, wrestling program back in the eighties and seventies. Mm-hmm. They'd, they'd been, you know, quite a program. And even in the nineties, they had a, a state champ, Lou Hidad. Um, and so the program sort of dissolved just because of lack of interest and, um, some transitions with coaches. And so, um, it ended up going away. And so, while I was teaching there, a lot, you know, you build relationships with kids. A lot of the kids knew that I coached wrestling in another school. And, you know, they mm-hmm. were always kind of like, hey, you know, Mr. Bishop, you should start a wrestling program here. You, you know, it'd be awesome. So anyway, long story short, we were able to get funding and um, and put together a plan to uh, sort of resurrect the wrestling program at Redford Thurston. And it's mm-hmm. still going today, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and then while I was there, I, um, I have had some close friends who, um, Dustin Chalk, who I referenced, um, is at Lowell. And so Dustin over the years, um, would, you know, kind of say, Hey, we've got this opportunity, this job, if you're interested. And so I actually applied in Lowell three years in a row, um, for, for various positions, um, Mm -hmm. middle school and high school and ended up, um, getting a job and moving to Lowell. And so I was on staff at Lowell for five years and um, ended up leaving education just because of the nature of the beast at the moment and mm-hmm. going into the private sector back into sales. And that's when um, that's when I was able to take a job in Bay City and head back home. So okay, sort of full circle. It feels yeah. Like. Yeah. Um, so you talk about I mean, you were assistant coach at Lowell for four years or five years. Uh, four or five. Yeah. Somewhere. <laughs> um, what, what would you run together? Right. What, what would you say is the, it, what did you take away from that five years from a, um, coaching standpoint? Like what makes Lowell different than some of the other programs that you've seen or been a part of? 
Well, I think, um, I think there's a handful of things and it, you know, I, I would say the, 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 right off the bat, um, the, the programs from, um, from youth to, you know, varsity level, a high school level, um, have a hundred percent backing from their administration. So within the district and, um, and I know that's, I know that seems like that should be commonplace, right? Like that should be, but, um, it's not, <laughs> it's, it's not. And, and the culture is such that, um, the question is real simple. Is it good for kids? Um, if it is, then how do we make it happen? And so I think, um, I think there are a lot of districts out there that, um, that, you know, there's so much red tape and there's, there's so much liability and culpability and nobody wants to step up, you know, misstep. But I think Lowell from top to bottom, they just say, all right, is it good for kids? Then how do we make this work? How do we fit this plan into the right box so that we can do it and, and make sure it happens for our kids? And, um, and so, you know, I think just that sort of mindset um, with their administration from the top down um, gets it. I mean, they get it right. So, <clears throat> which gives their coaching staffs, um, whether it be wrestling or football or, or, you know, cheerleading, it gives them, um, a lot of leeway to make things happen for their kids. And, and I think that's, uh, that's the first step. Um, the second step for, is that they have a staff, um, that's pretty deep and, and extremely talented and they coach at all levels. So from their youth program to through the middle school uh, to the high school, they all work together in unison um, to, to build that program. So the kids that are coming through Lowell uh, know that from whether they're in the Mighty Arrows, which is the four to six-year-old program, or their novice program, or their, their middle school program, they, they know all those coaches. And, and they know the expectations. And they know um, what, what the culture is. Um, and I, and so that's, you know, when the kids get to high school, they've, they've, um, they've experienced what it, what, what it means to be part of that program. Mm -hmm. And I think that's huge. So it's interesting. You mentioned culture. And one of my previous episodes, one of the coaches was mentioning about culture and how important it is. It's actually, it's almost more important than, um, having the stud, uh, wrestler or athlete on your team that doesn't do the right things to push his teammates to be better. It's kind of just about them and what they do and how that can really, you know, that you could have bright spots in a program for however long that athlete is it, there. But after that athlete leaves, the culture is kind of in ruins and you have to rebuild it back again. If that makes any sense. It does. Um, <clears throat> you know, I mean, culture is everything, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's, um, it, it, it's essential. And, you know, we're, we are in the process of trying, I mean, we've what, so I've been at Glenn now back for three years. Yeah. This is going, you know, two years as a head coach, this is going into my third year and our culture, um, is not where it needs to be by any stretch of the imagination. You know, we've, we've got some talented guys. Um, but, we're, you know, it's almost like we're afraid a little bit to put um, to to put ourselves out there with the work because we may fall short of our goals or our kids may fall short of the goals. And um, 
and so there's always like this weird concern about winning and losing and 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 uh, and it's funny because for us it can't be about that it has to be about how we compete you know and it's sort of cheesy but the old adage right it's, it's not whether you win or lose it's how you play the game right the, the winning and losing takes care of itself it'll it's going to happen you know somebody's getting a hand raised and um it's what we do in that six minutes or you know that will define whether or not um we'll have a favorable outcome or not and so or we'll dictate whether we have a favorable outcome or not and so just trying to get our guys to have that sort of mindset as we go into to, to competition has been uh, really difficult. And um, we talk about it, uh, I mean, probably daily without fail. Um, and it's just, it's something that um, I don't know uh, where that has come from in our community. Um, and you're a part of our community. So you see it. Yeah. I'm sure. yeah. <laughs> um, so so, but we're making, I mean, I think we're making headway on it. Um, but, but it's certainly, uh, something we're trying to overcome. So, yeah. Well, I remember one of the things that, you know, we've had some pretty lengthy conversations in, in the past, uh, about, uh, one of the things that, that you brought up to me, um, last summer when we, uh, had one of our talks is about surrendering the outcome. Could you kind of explain to the listeners, like what that term means and how you can apply it to, your life or to your program? Well, that's certainly, that's a, that's a Lowell phrase. And that's, um, that's something that Lowell preaches um, in, and talks about their coaching staff and their youth and their middle school. I mean, this is something that is sort of their motto, a surrender the outcome. So, um, you know, in a nutshell, it's pretty simple. Like we, in, in sort of the big picture and not to, you know, not to, um, not to get over dramatic, but the idea that we know there's, uh, there's some finitude, right. In our life. Right. So mm-hmm. we know that, that ultimately there's going to be an end. So let's not worry about the end. Let's worry about the time that we have and, 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 and do what we can within the time that we have. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and you, you know, it's, it's the same phrase over and over again, like, um, you know, laugh like you know laugh like nobody's watching or whatever that phrase is and Mm -hmm. and and, or dance like nobody's watching i mean that's the idea right live your life live in the moment um and so as that translates to wrestling is that there's gonna be an outcome there's that at the end of that six minutes there's an end in sight so um what we do within that six minutes is what matters and surrender that outcome don't worry about what that outcome is going to be because it's going to come. There's going to be a, somebody's hands getting raised and somebody's hands not, but what we do within that six minutes, how we compete is all that matters. And so, um, you know, that's Lowell's phrase to express that sentiment. And, um, and we talk about it, um, you know, uh, at length. I mean, it's just, uh, but for whatever reason, you know, we're playing a sport, right? Mm-hmm. And these kids, they look across the mat at somebody else and maybe the kid's got a beard or a tattoo or is <laughs> built or, and for whatever reason, it becomes this, there's almost this fear or anxiety or stress about whether or not I can beat that guy. And um, that should never, you know, that's what we're trying to eliminate because 
we're more worried about outcome-based um, concerns or outcome-based experiences rather than um, enjoying the moment or taking the focus on what I can control and saying, all right, when I slap hands, we're going to go. And mm-hmm. so, and that's it. I mean, that's surrendered the outcome in a nutshell, but again, that's a, you know, that is a, a 100% Lowell phrase and they talk about it all the time. <laughs> well, maybe the next time I get into coaching, I might borrow that one, tell RJ, Hey, I just, I just wanted to co-sign on this real quick. Take that. Phrase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, what, what is it? Uh, imitation is the highest form of flattery right? that is true something like that so I'm, you know i'm sure rj would would love that yeah. rj is a good guy you know i was just thinking um rj i first met him when he wrestled for uh michigan state it's got he has a very unique competitive career because he he wrestled at michigan before transferring to michigan state and i know there's like a story behind that but um i watched him when he wrestled for michigan state and um it, like most of those guys rj dave dean are I grew up in Lansing. I went to a lot of Michigan State wrestling events. Um, a lot of those coaches and athletes I still keep in contact with, Chris Williams and Nick Simmons. And um, it's kind of interesting looking back, you know, 20 some odd years, and we're still all involved in the sport in some aspect, whether it's being a coach or an official or running a youth team or all these different things. We still never got away from it. We were always still there because – in my opinion, we, we care about the sport and we want to grow it. And we want kids to have that same feeling that we had when we competed, you know, get past the wins and losses. To me, it was all about being with my teammates and those overnight trips or cheering your teammates on in competition, the uh, going to bowling or to a move you're going to eat those little memories that are built within that time frame that you're together. I think that's why we still keep coming back to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, like it's pretty simple. Um, You sort of identify yourself in certain um, ways, right? So I would identify myself as a, as a wrestler, Um, you know, above, above all else, probably, you know, you know, I, you, 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 you partake and and participate in all these things throughout your life. And, um, you know, you have knowledge and you build relationships and you, and, and this is, you know, like we just got back from team camp and the experience um, is for the kids is similar to the as an adult because the kids are all together with their friends. They get to be in a hotel. They get to train. They get to do on the flip side of that. The experience is similar for me because I get to see all the guys that I my peers that I coach with and we get to talk shop and we get to talk mm-hmm. about training and and all, just like you and I have sat down and had conversations. There's there's no better, um, you know, that's, that's what the relationship piece is about, right? Being able to sit down and just, uh, have a discussion about the things that you're passionate about, um, and with like-minded individuals. And so I, I think sport in general, um, creates that environment for people, whether you play lacrosse, whether you play football or, you know, I mean, um, it's that piece that binds us together. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's I, I, go, I go across the state. I've had I've had the, the fortunate opportunity to coach with some of the best coaches in the state of Michigan. I was an assistant coach for Tom Olson back in the day, um, whom I consider sort of a mentor. I was a, um, 
I was an assistant coach for Dave, Dave Beasley at Montrose when they won a state title. I was an assistant coach for Jeff Campbell when we made the state tournament um, at New Lothrop. Uh, I've been an assistant coach for RJ Boudreaux, who I consider one of the uh, best coaches um, in the state of Michigan currently. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I feel like I've had some opportunities to be in these rooms and watch how these coaches um, uh, develop their kids' rooms and, you know, every room slightly different um, and every, every coach kind of approaches their craft a little bit differently. Um, and, and so it's been a, uh, it's been a fun ride. I mean, I love the sport. I love the kids and, and, and especially the camaraderie with other coaches in the community and in the area. So. That's awesome. Well, I only have like one more question, maybe two. My, my, my second to last question is um, where do you, as a, if a young coach that's trying to break in, what's the advice you would give to them about being the, the head coach of a varsity sport? I think, I think it's two things. Um, I think being consistent. So being, being, if your plan is to say, Hey, we're going to lift weights, right? Um, we're going to do a morning lift once a week in season, whatever, then make sure that you do it. Whether four kids show up or 10 kids show up. If your belief is that you need to lift on once a week, then don't adjust your vision because of the kid's commitment. It's, it's a coach's responsibility to make sure that we, we, we motivate, we instruct, we set our, set our expectations and then provide opportunities for our kids to meet those expectations. So that would be, you know, I think consistency is significant because when you're not the kids see through it, they know that you're not as committed. Um, and so, or, or that maybe you're just, you know, sort of wishy-washy or whatever. But I think that's imp- that consistency piece is really important. The second thing is, too, is um, to be honest. And, and so, <clears throat> uh, uh, when, there are thing- when there are things happening, um, and there are going to be things that happen within your program that are not easy to manage. Um, parents, kids' behavior, um, administrators um there there are things that are hard to navigate there's no question about it and i think it's um i wasn't like this early in my career um and i feel like i'm i do a much better job of it now and it's it's addressing those issues immediately um and addressing it honestly and then making sure that the focus is are we doing what's best for our kids is this, is this the right thing or is this the wrong thing for our guys and our girls that compete in this sport? And so just kind of making sure that you have that vision um, is, is essential, in my opinion. So for, for, for many, many reasons, but primarily just for that consistency piece and making sure that you are um, – the big picture is always out there, right? Because not all of our kids are, are going to wrestle in college. Not all of our kids – I mean, we, you know – I was just having this conversation with a coach um, at camp. It's it. Our, our responsibility is almost twofold, right? Mm-hmm. We take a kid that comes in that's really, really talented and has big dreams about being on a podium at the end of the year. We've got a coach to that kid. We got to make sure that we meet his expectations and we want to make sure that we're fulfilling, helping him dreams and goals he has. On the flip side of that, we also have another group of kids that comes in and want to be a part of something 
and they're not, they're not necessarily um, having big goals of being a, a, on a podium at the end of the year, but maybe they just want to be involved in the sport. Maybe they just like hard work. Maybe they kind of train that they can play um, run cross country or they are a football player that needs to, you know, get some weight off or, or what have you, whatever those guys are on our team as well. So we have to also adjust our practice plans and our expectations and things to make sure that we're meeting those, those uh, kids needs. And so, you know, <clears throat> sometimes we get lost in the shuffle, right? Sometimes we get sort of lost and, 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 and say, okay, uh, you know, I'm only focusing on these guys and these guys are sort of falling to the wayside, but it's important, important to, to develop both sides. And I think just having that consistency piece and being real and honest um, and uh, addressing the things up front, whatever those issues might be, uh, mm-hmm. help, help you get there. So Great. that was a long winded, long winded no, response, no, but. Well, one of the things that with my podcast, you know, my, my goal is that if you got that young coach, it's like, I'm thinking about, I want to be a head coach just trying to give them the kind of the tools and to listen to guys that have been successful and what they've been doing. And what I found is that most of the, the, the successful coaches have surrounded themselves or they've had experience being around successful coaches, asking those questions. Um, My last question is based on you being back at your alma mater. One of the things I always, um, I always wanted to go back. I'm originally from Lansing, went to Everett high school. I would, would have loved to have been, the coach at my alma mater because I bleed the red and white of the Vikings. Um, that that never happened, but you know would have been cool. But how how cool is it to be coaching back coaching again at your alma mater and they are having such success right now? Yeah, it's incredible. I you know I love coaching at Glen. I do, and I love our guys. Um, I, you know I I have uh, obviously a. a, a I bleed blue and white. That's our, um, you know, that's, that's where I, I, I spent my time, right? Like <clears throat> there are so many memories walking through the halls of that high school. Um, <clears throat> and it, it, it's nice to see our program, um, you know, the pendulum swinging back a little bit and our guys getting success, um, it, you know, and, and, and making in our school, getting some recognition. That's, you know, all of that stuff is great. Um, I, you know, it's hard because we, we, uh, I want wrestling in our community to be successful. Um, I want road runners to grow. I want num. I want kids to experience wrestling the way I experienced it with friendships and, and, and overnight stays and trips. And, you know, we, we would travel out to, to uh, tournaments on, on the West side of the state and stay yeah. in hotels and run and swim. Like I, you know, I, I, I just, our, their, our community has such a, a strong wrestling history. And, um, you know, sadly, there's been this focus <clears throat> over the years to be this individual who's really good and, and win state titles. And, um, and, and sadly, that can't, you know, the, that can't be the focus if you want a successful program. And Correct. so, <clears throat> so that's, that's been a bit of a challenge to come back and, and, and um, sort of swim upstream a little bit against. And so, um, you know, you and I have talked about this at length and so, mm-hmm. and I don't know that that's going to change anytime soon. Um, hopefully it does over the course of time, but, um, you know, <clears throat> I guess if we're going to take a, we want to make sure that he's coachable and he enjoys the, the sport. Right. I mean, ultimately. Yeah. And I think, 
I think what we're experiencing right now in our community is a little bit different how we value the sport and how what, what we place our value on. And so being at Glenn is is awesome. You know, we finally have secured a, a wrestling room, a space that's ours. You know, we always trained on that mezzanine up behind. We had to sh- share the space with the with the weight room and and cheerleaders and basketball players and you know there was always reasons to not be around on the wrestling mats because of some distraction so now we're off campus at at the administration building it is our facility we have a locker room we have restrooms we have you know it's, it's our space and um i think that was a big step forward for for john glenn wrestling and then being able to uh you know, generate numbers and get kids out of the building. And um, that's been a big, big boost for us. Um, and so it, it's been great. I, I love being back at Glenn. I want Glenn to be successful, but um, uh, you know, there's a, there's a weird dynamic at the moment in Bay County and, and, uh, and unfortunately it's, there's, there's, uh, there's this undercurrent and underbelly in our sport that, we need to, um, you know, we need to change. So. Well, I, I definitely agree with you about the, uh, I think it's just improving the culture in, in, in all five, uh, five schools really in, in Bay County, five high schools that support wrestling and, and getting them to the point where, you know, one of the things that, that we've talked a little bit about is getting the county tournament to be like, we have five legit tough teams that fill full lineups and make it, an actual long Saturday um, where it's not just a two, sometimes a two team race, sometimes a one team race. So, and that takes time. That takes time building, building that around and, and having coaches invest time. And, uh, but that's for another podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, like we're, we're tiptoeing on some of the things that you and I have talked at length about and, right. you know, we need to, we need to change the culture in the community for the sport of wrestling. You, you know, when, when I first came back to Bay City and the Roadrunners do their graduation, they have about 100, you know, the Bay County Roadrunners do, they, they have a, do a great job. They have 150 kids, 120 to 150 kids in the youth program. But when we only have about eight eighth graders that are graduating um, and it's supposed to feed all five high schools, um, that's a problem. And, you know, it's, it's not a, it's nothing more than, something's going on for there there to be such attrition throughout uh the program so that when those kids get to eighth grade they no longer want to be in the sport and um and it should be the other way around right so we should Mm -hmm. have i think i think when i look at the legacy of the programs like lowell detroit catholic central davison dundee when those kids, when those seniors in those high school programs graduate, whether they have five seniors, eight seniors, those kids are looking to go to the next level. I mean, they're hungry to compete at the next level. It's not right. not all Division One. It's a lot of Division Two, a lot of Division Three. It's a lot of club wrestling. Right. But at the end of the day, they're still in love with the sport and they want to be involved in it. That is the legacy. So how do we how do we change our culture so that when our kids get to us, they're hungry to be in the sport and happy and 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 enjoy it and don't worry about the winning and losing because they know it'll come. Right. You know, the winning and losing will take care of itself. And then when they when they leave the sport, they're still hungry to be involved in it. 
And that's, that's to me, that's the true legacy of a good program. So, mm-hmm. so how do we, how do we build something in our community to make that happen? That's, that's the goal. That's the yeah. ultimate goal. So in my opinion, in my humble opinion, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Oh yeah. Well, Matt, thank you so much. I appreciate uh, our, our conversations and, and you giving advice to those younger coaches and um, looking for great things from uh, John Glenn next year. And uh, good luck to you. Thanks, Isaiah. I appreciate your time, man. I, I thank you for bringing me on. And you've uh, you're a fantastic guy and fun to chat with. I'm, we uh, I miss our I miss our fireside chats at Tri <laughs> City Brewing. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Coach T Podcast by my dad.